Welcome to this podcast. I'm Shane Starling from Nutri Ingredients. I bumped into the European Food Safety Authority's Chief Health Claims Assessor at HIE in Paris and cornered him for a rare and exclusive interview. Industry has criticised EFSA for being too vague, too harsh and too late in its health claims assessment processes. But Professor Albert Flynn, the chair of the Scientific Panel on Dietetic Products, Nutrition and Allergies, otherwise known as the NDA, said EFSA's position was transparent and pointed to guidance published in July 2007. It is targeted to people in industry who have technical ability, so it's the people in particular uh, coming from the science side, but of course also involving people from other areas such as marketing. Uh, so it's quite a technical guidance, uh, but certainly the scientific uh, people in the company will understand it quite easily. Um, even better than that, because giving guidance in the abstract may not be very effective. When you see the guidance implemented as EFSA has done it in the opinions that have been published, now it's much more concrete. And you can see from the opinions that are published exactly how the scientific criteria are being applied. EFSA defined a number of scientific criteria that it would use for evaluating each dossier. They're the same criteria for every dossier. Is, is that the case, though, that uh, the same criteria will be applied across all kinds of claim submissions from those that are, are a part of Article 14, which are children's and disease reduction claims, as well as the more generic claims that are part of the uh, under, come under the uh, Article 13 claims? Yes, the answer to your question is that the same scientific criteria will be used by EFSA to evaluate all claims, whether they're Article 14 or Article 13. For the Article 13 list specifically, the Commission has sent EFSA terms of reference recently which specifies exactly the criteria that EFSA should apply. These criteria are identical to the criteria that EFSA is applying for the Article 14 claims. So, EFSA doesn't have a choice in this. We have to apply the same criteria. There are good reasons why it has to be so. EFSA has received dossiers under uh, different articles, but uh, dossiers for, with applications for particular claims. And EFSA will have to evaluate exactly the same claims on the Article 13 list. So it just would not be... Uh, it wouldn't be reasonable or consistent to have opinions developed using different criteria for identical claims. Would it be fair to say that there is a gold standard approach being applied to the different kinds of science that make up dossiers and that in some cases where, for instance, there may not be a whole lot of human intervention studies, as an example, that those nutrients that may have a very long history of safe use and also have a history of uh, delivering health benefits, may well be under jeopardy? Well, we don't know. Um, the regulation doesn't draw a distinction between different types of foods or different types of substances. The regulation just deals, and therefore, the claims are all claims, regardless of, of the substance. So... Uh, 
the claims that will apply will be based on the same criteria across all of these. There are no subcategories, if you like, of, of foods or substances uh, which will uh, have to be considered in any different way. We know that there will be different types of evidence available for uh, different types of substances based on, if you like, the uh, research and the studies, etc., that have been done over many, many years. So we expect that the evidence base will indeed be different for different types of foods or food ingredients. But uh, the regulation doesn't provide for that. It just says it's the same. It's claims on foods, and they don't have any subcategories of foods. So when industry criticises EFSA for perhaps applying one level of scientific criteria... Is that therefore an unfair criticism because all EFSA is doing is following the regulation and if there was more flexibility in the regulation then there may be more flexibility in EFSA's approach? Absolutely. The regulation is quite clear on what EFSA should do and where it's not totally explicit it's for the Commission to interpret it to tell EFSA what to do. So in the case of the Article 13 list for example it's for the Commission to specify. The regulation doesn't specify exactly what EFSA should do in that case. But the Commission has the authority to interpret the regulation to say this is what EFSA should do. And what they have done is said our interpretation of the regulation is that they should do exactly the same type of evaluation as they do for the Article 14 claims, for example. So like EFSA doesn't have a choice in this it's simply what's either in the regulation or what is interpreted by the commission that the regulation is saying so it's quite clear what our role is we have no confusion at all about it it's clearly specified for us and now that decisions are being uh, the opinions are coming in from EFSA and which will now be given back to the commission and the member states to assess those opinions do you have any idea or any expectation about how that process will play out? Now we expect that the first decisions should emerge by the end of the year. I think uh, it's the Standing Committee on the Food Chain and uh, Animal Health, that committee of 27 as it were, the 27 member states sitting with the Commission that take these authorization decisions and I think they have a meeting coming in December where it's quite likely I think that some of the first authorization decisions should appear based on for example some of the opinions we adopted uh, at our July meeting and which have been published uh, in the month of August or September. So we think some of those opinions will now get to the decision stage for authorization in the month of December. Is there an expectation that the Commission will closely follow the EFSA opinions? We don't know from the EFSA side. Um, we don't know how they will deal with this. Um, they are free to ignore the EFSA opinions if they wish. Uh, if they have other considerations uh, that weigh heavily in the decision, uh, they don't have to accept. They, they're they free to take their own decision. We don't know how they will deal with this, but as a, that's a matter for the Commission and also, of course, for the member states involved in that decision. So we await with interest what they do. That's all we can say. There remains some industry concern that... Uh your, the EFSA won't, uh, doesn't have enough time and perhaps resources to uh, complete the task of assessing something close to 3,000 health claims by January uh, 2010. How do you feel uh, 
your, uh, the, uh, the regulator is uh, faring in its task so far and how optimistic are you that you can meet that deadline? Well, this is a very challenging task because uh, as well as that, we also have all these dossiers to evaluate, which we are doing, I think, quite efficiently. We're managing to stick to the legal deadlines on the dossiers that we've received so far. We're producing opinions on time. Uh, the task of the Article 13 list is indeed a very challenging one. Um, it's a very long list. Um, we haven't yet got the full list. We have a list that we received from the Commission in July with over 2,800 claims on it. Uh, we have uh, a revised list we will get within the next two weeks. Uh, we expect that there will be additional claims on that. For the list we got in July, we're going to go through it very carefully because what we have found is that not all claims on that list have sufficient information to be evaluated. If there isn't sufficient information to evaluate the claims, we're going to send those back to the Commission. How many claims fall into that category? We don't know yet. We're just in the process of uh, reviewing these claims to see if they have the required information to fulfil the different scientific criteria. If there are serious gaps uh, in the information, um, then we will have to send those back to the Commission because we just can't evaluate them. Um, We don't know what the number will be as yet but uh, we're in the middle of doing that right now. For the ones where we consider, from that July list, the ones where we consider we do have sufficient information, we've already started the evaluation of those, and we have uh, made a commitment that we intend to complete that by July 2009. So we're going to try very hard to achieve that deadline for that particular list. Then we have to negotiate with the Commission for this new revised list we're getting within the next two weeks. Again, we have to go through that to see if there are claims that we cannot evaluate. Uh, And for the ones that we can, again, we'll agree with the Commission a deadline for completing that, possibly late 2009. But certainly we'll be trying to give advice to the Commission in time for them to adopt the list in January 2010. That was EFSA's Professor Flynn putting EFSA's health claims cards on the table. I'm Shane Starling. Look to Nutri-Ingredients and Food Navigator for more stories from HIE in upcoming days.